So the average kid laughs 300 times a day. The average adult laughs, guess how many times a day? Five times a day. What the heck happened? What, what did we do to ourselves? Hello and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to change your relationship with depression. I'm your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. Today, our featured speaker is an entrepreneur, angel investor, Wall Street Journal bestselling author and fellow podcaster. And he's here today to share a few tips about how to recover after hitting rock bottom. Here's James Altucher. Enjoy. So I let my 12-year-old daughter read a book I wrote, which was a big mistake because then she comes to me a few days later. She's a quick reader. I'm proud of her. I'm bragging about her now. So she comes to me a few days later, and she says, uh, Daddy, I hated this book. And <laughs> I'm like, Molly, why did, uh, why did you hate this book? I, it's my favorite thing I've ever written in my entire life. <laughs> and she said... You're, throughout the entire book, you're always crying, you're gonna kill yourself, and you're gonna cry, and you're crying on the floor. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I said, you know, because I wanna be a good example to my children. I said, uh, well, honey, I wanted to tell the truth. And, and at that time, I was feeling that, that down and out, that low. And it, in particular, she was referring, well, first she said, after I, after I said that, she said, but daddy, that's really mean. And I thought about it, and I'm glad she said that, actually, because at the time that she was referring to, it was a really, um, for me, uh, difficult time. I had, um, I had built and sold a business I had been proud of, and literally in one summer, I was like a drunken rock star on steroids. Like, I went from $15 million in the bank to $46 in my ATM machine. Like, I had nothing left. I was getting my, my house was being lost. I was losing my marriage, losing my family. I, could, I was so ashamed. I couldn't talk to any friends, so I lost all my friends. Uh, I even couldn't deal with my parents. I couldn't deal with anything. I was depressed, and I really thought it would be better for my children, my two little girls at the time, for my children to have a $4 million life insurance policy than to have a father. You ever get into that situation where... You start off, you have a wide funnel at the top of choices and ideas and so on, but then you get a little depressed and it starts to spiral down lower and lower, 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 until you feel like there's only one way out. And that's how I felt. But I really wanted to have other choices. I really, I had two kids. I really needed to have another choice. I went to a therapist and he said, what can I do for you that will help you feel a little better? And I said to him, the only thing you can do is write me a check for a million dollars. And he said, he said, trust me, that won't help you. And he was right. And what I decided to do, and, and look, we, we all the time have, have many choices in life. Um, and a great and wise man once said, if you don't make the choices in your own life, then someone else is going to end up making them for you 
and it won't be good. So it might be a boss, it might be a professor, it might be your parents, it might be colleagues, someone else, it might be a company, someone else is going to start making choices for you, and they're not going to be as good as the choices you can make yourself. Of course, that great and wise man was myself, being very humble here. <laughs> but I had failed and succeeded, and I started over 20 businesses, 17 of them failed. And we unfortunately live now in this culture that almost glorifies failure. Like, it's, we're supposed to be so happy, oh, fail fast, fail. It's like this failure pornography almost, that we just like, <laughs> we just worship people who fail and then somehow succeed. But I can tell you, like, failure is really unpleasant and it's much better to view it as, much better to view it as like an experiment. Like Thomas Edison, you know, he didn't fail 10,000 times when he was making an electric light bulb, he just experimented and then he made an electric light bulb. We don't consider that the guy was, was lying on the street about to kill himself on the very first try. He tried 10,000 times. So I decided to look back as an experiment and say, well, what was going right every time I was going up and what was going wrong every time I was going wrong? And I, I decided that there were four distinct things that were working for me. And I'm going to add a fifth at the end of this talk. But there were four distinct things that were working for me every time I was on the way up and four things that were failing for me every time I was on the way down. So the first thing was, was physical. Number one, physical. I was very, I was, when I was lying on the floor feeling the worst, I was overweight, I was drinking, I was just very unhealthy. I was sick all the time. If you're sick, you can't, you, you, you're not, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're having a, uh, pneumonia all the time, or if you're, you know, stuck in bed all the time, you're not going to go out and save the world. You have to, you have to sleep well, you have to eat well, you have to exercise well. And that doesn't mean drive two miles to the gym and then walk two miles on a treadmill and then drive two miles home. It means just, again, you know, the average professional violinist turns out a little trivia tidbit, sleeps eight point six miles, I mean, six hour, 8.6 hours a day. So I'm going to do that too. So I decided every day I was going to try to 1% improve how I was acting physically. I was going to walk more. I was going to eat a little better. I was going to sleep a little better. I was going to stop staring at computer screens as much. Uh, I was going to start to laugh a little bit more. You know, the average kid laughs 300 times a day. And I could see that. Like when I go to one of my kids' performances, the adults are all standing around. Like, there's an intermission always, because who, who wants to go to a performance of a bunch of 13-year-olds? Like, it's the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> so the, the adults are all, like, standing outside an intermission. Like, they're, the kids are running around, chasing, laughing. So the average kid laughs 300 times a day. The average adult laughs, guess how many times a day? Five times a day. What the heck happened? <laughs> what, what did we do to ourselves? And the problem is, in part, is because of all these responsibilities and all these choices that other people have made for us. But the first thing is keeping physically healthy. The next thing is, number two, is emotional health. And this was very important for me. I was basically doing all my business and all my friendships were with people I didn't necessarily love and trust. So, so I have to basically, I, I made it a commitment every day I was going to 1% improve on being around people I loved and trusted and people who loved and trusted me. And it started off very difficult. I didn't know what to do. I was on the ground. When you're on the ground, 
You can't just suddenly, you know, jump up and say, hey, life is great. You're on the ground. And so here's the first thing I, I, the first thing I tried to do, my first experiment in being around people who love me. I, of course, it always starts with an ad on Craigslist. And <laughs> I put an ad on Craigslist, uh, which said um, I had a head, a head injury, and after the head injury was over, I found out I was psychic. And anybody could write to me and ask me any question they want. So I got hundreds of emails that day. And of course, I threw out all the emails from men and only answered emails from women. And you might ask, like a lot of people, I tell this story, and the first thing they ask is, well, did you end up going out with any of the women? And I'm like, look at me, of course I didn't go out with any of the women. You know, but I did end up being friends with some of them, though, I have to say. But very important for me to always be around now, people I love and trust. And the difference in my life has been remarkable. Just having that, waking up thinking, I'm going to be around people who love me and who I love. Sounds easy, but it's not always easy. One time somebody wrote me an email and said, James, I love all your ideas. I'm trying them, coming up with business ideas left and right. And he said, but one problem I have is every Friday night I go out drinking with my friends and they just trash all my ideas. What should I do? And I said, very simple, stay home on Friday night. I never heard from him again, because it's actually hard to do these simple ideas. Number three, spiritual. And I don't like using the word spiritual because it means something different for each person, so I'm gonna call it creative gratitude. And this is not easy gratitude. Like, I'm always grateful for my kids and for my wife and for everything, but that's almost like emotional sugar. It's like a little too easy. So I think, about, think of the phrase, complaining is draining. How many people just today have at least complained once? And I know I have. So raise your hand if you've complained at least once. I can't see a goddamn thing in the audience, so I don't know if anybody's <laughs> actually complaining. So, so, but just think, like maybe you were in traffic on the way here, and you were like, honey, you just missed the ramp, because we're gonna miss James Alger's talk. Uh, you know, ramps, by the way, they should just get rid of them, because you miss one ramp, and it's like a tractor beam to Tijuana, which is just bad news. So, the key is, though, this is an opportunity to solve Difficult gratitude problems, I call them. Like you could say to yourself, in this example, wow, I live in such a great and innovative city that everyone wants to be here, and that's why there's traffic. So I'm here and everyone else here because it's such a great city. So anytime there's a, where, there's a problem where you feel like the seeds of complaint coming up, think of how to turn it into gratitude because I guarantee you it's always there. And again, don't change overnight. I'm just talking about 1% better every night. And then finally, the fourth thing is, and I have my one prop, of the evening. This is a waiter's pad because I'm gonna take your orders afterwards, no. <laughs> what I do is every day I write down 10 ideas. Why do I do this? Think about your leg muscles. If you got into a bike accident and you were laid up in a hospital bed for two weeks, you would actually need physical therapy to walk again. That's how fast the leg muscles atrophy. It's the same thing with the idea muscle. If you write down 10 ideas a day, I guarantee you, within six months, you'll be an idea machine. A year, that's 3,650 ideas. Give yourself permission to have plenty of bad ideas, because you're gonna have many bad ideas, but you will be an idea machine. And again, this has changed my life. And this is not advice, because we're all smart and intelligent and talented people, but this is what I did. And my life has completely changed every six months, almost 100%, it's been remarkable. But I'm gonna add a fifth thing that's really the most important thing, and that's 
give ideas to X. Come up with 10 ideas for X. Come up with 10 ideas for 10 different companies or 10 different people and start sharing those ideas with no expectation of them sharing back with you. Because when you have no expectations, it's amazing how easy you get to exceed those expectations. And <laughs> what happens is one out of 50, one out of 100, one out of 20 will want to get back to you did get back to me. This is how so much has changed in terms of financial, health, relationships, uh, my networking, my opportunities for the future, just by creating this chain reaction of spreading ideas as the new currency of this new century. And it's been very exciting. Finally, the universe has left us really with only one gift, and that's the gift of this one moment we're all sharing together. And I'm so grateful for instance, I haven't peed in my pants during this moment that we're sharing together. <laughs> but the key is, with this one moment, what do you do? You have to make art with it, and then you have to share it. And, I, and I'm really thankful that we've all been able to share this moment together. That was James Altucher sharing some great tips and hopefully giving you a few laughs. I also wanted to share his list of the five things that helped him overcome that tough time in his life. And here they are. Number one was physical health. Number two was emotional health. Number three was spiritual health, which he called creative gratitude. And he also mentioned turning things we often complain about into things that we should be grateful for. Number four was writing down 10 new ideas a day. And lastly, number five was sharing those ideas with people and companies with no expectations in return. Because, hey, you never know what might happen because of it. All right. There will be a link of his entire talk in the show description below. You can also learn about his podcast, his books, and all the good stuff he has going on over at jamesaltisher.com. When you get a chance, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player app. Follow me on social media at Depression Detox Show and tune in this Friday where we have a new feature speaker that will talk all about an important topic that both Les Brown and James Altucher ended their talks with. Mm. And until then, stay strong. Later. Later.